0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. I hesitate sometimes to tell you things that are going on in the world, although most of you already know. I hesitate at times to tell you because some of you may interpret that as bad news. You need to understand something. I don't look at anything as bad news. One little that's right from Pete and a <laughs> little amen. Love you over here, whoever you are, sister. <laughs> We're always cause to triumph. It doesn't matter what's going on. Listen, the dollar could crash tomorrow. Whose economy are you in? What are you worried about? The worse the world gets, the better it is for you. Amen. Somebody's starting to get at her little giggle out there. Moving a little bit beyond the golf clap. Praise God. I'll make sure I'm dignified in the house of the Lord today. Just be undignified. David said in 2 Samuel 6.22, and I will be even more undignified than this, and I will be humble in my own sight. I lay all this out because I'm going to tell you stuff, but I don't want long faces. I tell you these things so you know what to do. What are you supposed to do? You call it out, you stand, and you enjoy your life. You're not part of this economy. You're not part of this world. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. Do you tithe? Shout amen. amen. You're not a part of this economy anyway. doesn't matter what happens. all comes crashing down tomorrow. God will make manna fall from heaven for you and probably gold coins. It really doesn't matter. You need to understand that. So when I tell you things like they're wanting to double the size of the IRS, don't worry about it. Why do, why do I tell you things like that so that you can look liars in the eye and say, you're a liar. See, the church thinks what it's supposed to do. The modern church, I'm not talking about us. I'm not talking about the River Church in Tampa. Revival Today Church in Pittsburgh. We are the ones that are standing up. One of several, there's others overseas and others in the United States. We will stand, we will always stand. We will tell the truth. We will confront the liars. See, in the modern church, what they, what they say is that you go, you know what? we are not going to engage in politics. What that really means is I'm going to engage in cowardice. I'm not going to say things, you know, they're just going to, you know, their approach is, you know, I understand why you would say something like that. That's not what you do. You look a liar in the face and you say you're lying. Not I understand why you're lying. Not that I'm going to tolerate your lies. Not that I'm going to accommodate your lies. I'm going to call out your lies. How many of you don't think, don't, don't raise your hand. How many of you don't think that's loving? It's absolutely loving. If, if that's what's so funny in the church. The truth is not loving. If it's truth and you're speaking the truth in love, then it's loving. Why would I call a liar a liar for two reasons? To save myself and those around me from those lies and to save the liar. So, what's happening right now? This is not politics because this is all about the Antichrist spirit. It's all about control. You can listen, you need to decide today whose side you're on. <gasps> We're not allowed to say that. The YMCA told me. The YMCA. <laughs> you know, I had teachers in school, you know, we don't choose sides or yes, we do. Jesus said, That's your yes be yes, your no be no. Jesus said, I prefer that you be hot or cold. Not somewhere in the middle. Choose sides. I want you to be, choose the side of hot or choose the side of cold. Choose the side of the world or choose the side of Jesus, period. And you do that in every area of life too. Here, I'm bringing this home to you. Are you moody? Oh no, I'm bipolar. That's a lie. I struggle in my emotions. That's a lie. No, you struggle in taking every thought captive. So you depend on Xanax to do your job for you. Oh, trampling on some sacred ground this morning. That's because most of the church is medicated. I don't know about this room. I hope not. Struggle to get out of bed every morning. You chose the spirit of the world then. Right there in that decision, you chose the spirit of the world. A lot of people, I've chosen to be saved. I'm saved. I've walked away from my sin. But every day you choose the spirit of the world in your finances. You choose the spirit of the world in your moods. Well, today is just a mental health day. That's a lie. See, you need to just say what's true to the situation. Oh, I see. You know, I understand why you're struggling with adultery. Would you say that? then why would you say it for other sins? Why would you say it for other compromises? You speak the truth right now. Whatever it may be, the truth is the salvation for those that are lost in the situation. Not accommodating them, not tolerating them. Well, I understand why it is that as a man you want to put on women's clothing (laughs) and, and make everybody, mandate that everybody call you by the wrong sex. Tom, that's not very loving. It's absolutely loving. It's more loving than churches that accommodate or tolerate that. It is. A lot of us, a lot of us have been programmed to believe that obfuscating the truth is love. That tolerating sin and understanding sin is love. It is not. All you're doing is loving them and accommodating them and tolerating them straight to hell. You will find out at the great white right, what, uh, right, uh, white. Right, white, white, right. Great white Throne judgment. You'll find out. You'll find out right then and there. Oh, everything will come to light. Well, maybe I shouldn't have told that person. Maybe I shouldn't have told that person, "You know, I understand. I understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. I, I get your motivation. That's not what you're supposed to say. What you're supposed to say is Here, here's what the Bible says. And when that white throne judgment does come, everything will be clear. You will find out <laughs> some of the modern philosophy today, if you ever see it, is, you know, that's not very Christ-like. Or, you know what, that's, that's not the love of God. For you to speak that way. For you to tell people the truth about their situation. That's not going to be the case on judgment day. All that there will be is blanket truth. That's all that there will be is blanket truth and nothing else. And we'll all be wondering why it is, not all of us in this room, but many people will be wondering, man, I wish I would have told them the truth. What's going on right now is you need to understand something. You need to choose sides. What does that mean? simply means recognizing what's going on and fighting against the Antichrist spirit. You look at what's happening in the IRS right now. The uh, inflation reduction bill that's being passed, that's going to tax everybody. Making over thirty thousand dollars a year, according to every institution that's evaluated this bill. And in this bill, eighty four eighty-five billion dollars goes to the IRS for eighty-seven thousand new agents to be hired. That would make the IRS double the size I have a list here of the Pentagon, the State Department, the Border Patrol, and the FBI combined. Now, what do you do as a church? This doesn't sound like something having to do with spiritual pursuit. Really? Does confiscating farmland have anything to do with the church? 500,000 acres in the United States is owned by the CCP and Bill Gates. You aware of that? What, what does that have to do with the gospel of Jesus? Jesus. It has to do with Revelation 13 and 14. The goal of the Antichrist spirit or the spirit of the world, the prince of the power of the air, is to subject people, is to control people, to make people put a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. The skids are being greased for that right now and nobody's preaching about it. That's why the love of most will grow cold Not could grow cold, will grow cold. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. What does that love mean? mean, Does that mean that we're not gonna be, be real cushy towards each other? That we don't have feelings of love like a love song? No, the love of most growing cold speaks of the love of God. What is love of God? What is loving God? What does it mean for you to love God? To obey God? 1 John 5 3. This is love for God. You want to sum up Christianity? This is love for God to obey his commands. And that love will grow cold for most because of these things that false prophets and weak preachers call politics. Once you, once you control all the food, and once you control all the fuel, and once you control all the medicine, and the entertainment, and the travel, in a one world commerce system with a singular access point, you can have it all, but all you have to do is sign up for this pass doesn't that sound familiar to you what does that have to do with the irs well you won't be audited as long as your money goes to the right place here's the pass Eighty-seven thousand agents what are they going to go after the 12 billionaires that are in the country that are all democrats that's who they're going to go after no it's slated for 1.2 million new audits 700,000 700, audits for those making $75,000 a year or less. This isn't politics. This is about them having control over your life. And the church should call it out. The church should speak into the darkness. You don't walk into a room that's dark with more dark and think you're going to drive out the dark. You have to come in with the light of truth. That's what you're supposed to do. Dark does not drive out dark. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You come in with the light of truth. You line it up with the word of God. This is all about control. So that they can go up to people like you and I and say, "You know what? We noticed that you donated to this organization. it for you. It's not investigating crimes; it's investigating to find crimes. In the church, to speak out instead of hiding behind the propaganda of saying it's just politics." You can't stand up to the devil that way. And why is it that the IRS bought $700,000, 700,000 rounds of ammunition this year? Who's being armed right now? Does anybody know? Who's being armed right now? Department of Education, Department of Agriculture, and the IRS. Well, these this got to do with the church? Well, what, what are we fighting right now? The confiscation of farmland, so they're arming the Department of Agriculture. What are we fighting in the schools? CRT transgender agenda, the sexualizing and grooming of our children so they arm the Department of Education. Which is a frightening thought thinking of those governmental doodahs walking around without any training with firearms. And we in the church need to say things about it. If it was just about tax law, it wouldn't say anything. If it was about, you know what, are we going to expand 41? I don't care. <laughs> Who's getting this money? Who's getting that money? You know what? Money, 30, 30, 30 almost 31 trillion dollars in debt. Isn't it funny right now that there's a war going on where you have the number one wheat producer on the planet and all that wheat's been shut off and the number one producer fertilizer on the planet's been shut off? Very convenient, isn't it? We'll just send money to defend democracy. That's a lie. Let's call it a lie. Is the, is the Ukraine a democracy? No. You, I'm, not, I'm not telling you what to believe in the war. I'm just telling you, are they a democracy? If they're peddling the propaganda that the Ukraine is a democracy, you need to say as a Christian, that's a lie. That's what you do. And believe it or not, that's what this entire message is about. How are you going to tie that in? I'll show you. We in the church need to start speaking the truth. We need to start understanding what Christianity really is. Everybody thinks Christianity is about being hyper nice. And so people get shocked and they walk out of here. Like what on earth did I walk into? The Bible. These, These people, they follow Jesus, they think they follow Jesus. See, we're to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, right? Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 6. We are, to, we are to cast down those imaginations, but they're following an imaginary Jesus. And a, G, a, Jesus that, a Jesus that says salvation is found in no one else, and you believe he's accommodating? And that he's tolerant? That's what's peddled by the left in our culture, is a tolerant, accommodating Jesus? Al Sharpton came out today, came out yesterday and said that the Bible says that abortion is part of God's love. That's why you have to stand. And, And who came out and said a word about it? Jesus did. Was Jesus political? Well, the Sanhedrin of the day, the Pharisees and Sadducees, were not just religious leaders. They were the governmental authorities. Yes, they were under the auspices of the Roman Empire, but they were the governmental authorities. And Jesus stood in their faces, called them liars about divorce, liars about the law, liars about traditions. Called them white Dead man's bones and sons of hell. But he stayed out of politics. No, he didn't. It all depends on what you consider to be politics. Anything that has to do with swiping your freedom needs to be stood up against inside the church because that's why Jesus came. Understand, that's not a, tr- that's not a Trump issue. It's a Galatians chapter five, verse one issue. It is for freedom that Christ sets you free. He sets you free to be free. So anything that's coming against a human being's freedom is antichrist. And the church should speak out against it. 87,000 IRS agents armed. The church ought to say something. Especially since they'll come and say, you know what, we don't like what you preach. Audit. Bring it on, we're an open book here anyway. Go ahead, I don't care, audit me all you want. See, we have to come. Now I'll start the message. See, we have to come with power. Amen. Tom, you talk about this all the time. That, you know the reason why I do is because the church, instead of coming with power, comes with counterfeit. Am I, talk, am, I, am, am I confronting myself? Not about the counterfeit part, but do I come with the power that I'm supposed to come with? Not yet. We're supposed to come with power. The reason why churches have to have all these other programs, how do we get people in the building? Because we don't have power. We don't come with conviction. We don't come with healing. We don't come with the miraculous. That's why I was telling you last week, when it comes to being, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the restraining, it's not just about I'm against, it's about I'm for. Listen, you have to be against things too, though. You know, that sounds so, I, I don't even like to preach it. It makes me nervous preaching it because it makes me sound like a progressive church. We're not just against things. We're also for things. You, it's both and equally, and one and one does not devalue the other. You have to be against and you have to be for it's, called, it's saying yes to things and it's saying no to things. Equally, with equal fervor and equal passion. But if all you are is a yes man or a no man, you're off balance. We have to come with power. The big questions asked about Jesus in his time, in his three-year ministry, 30 to 33, was who, from whose authority does he do these things? Because they recognize the authority. When you and I walk into a room, stop thinking, oh, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be self-centered. Lies. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill. You should be noticed. Not because of stupidity. Not because you're weird. You always have to preach that. You sit in a Pentecostal church and you sit you tell people they need to be noticed. Next thing you know, somebody's donning robes, (laughs) head coverings, trying to lengthen legs. Some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you don't. If you don't, you're better off. (laughs) Start talking in King James language, knock it off. Nobody's interested. Listen, melt tumors. That would get people interested. You go up to somebody in a wheelchair and take them by the hand and raise them out of that wheelchair. People will be interested. Don't, you know, there doesn't need to be a whole lot of ceremony. As soon as somebody drops the Yeshua bomb, I'm already out. Oh, <laughs> oh. they come with their eloquent prayers. And the person rolls out in their wheelchair. But they said Yahshua 47 times. And they spoke in the King James language with the T-H behind everything, even if, there doesn't, even if it doesn't belong. because thoueth thou It's not supposed to be there, dumb nuts. If you're gonna do it, at least do it right. It's a whole lot of pop and circumstance. Dancing around, shouting. No power. So the world mocks us. And we got people out on street. Right now, right? This Well, it's probably, no, no, probably right now even. There's, there's Christians out on street corners right now as if they work for, for I don't even know the phone companies anymore. Uh, I, what, what's a phone company? Verizon for the Verizon store, shows you how much I do out in the world, out in front of their churches with signs. The reason why, and they're having giveaways. Come to our church to win this. What are you, the Elks Lodge? You might as well open up a bar. That's how they get members into the Elks Lodge and the VFW. Just have an open bar. If you're going to pimp and whore yourself, come with power. Come with conviction. Come with the truth. It gets to the place where the church has to water down the Bible to keep people in the building. Because there's no power. You don't need to water down anything if there's power. People will receive it. And listen, a lot of people won't. Jesus died ostensibly alone on the cross. All of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. That can happen too. You need to be ready for that. But you'll never be alone. We have to come with power. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all. I repeat all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. All of them. Miracles. Signs, wonders, healings, provisions, feeding of the 5,000, which was really five times that many people. That's for the Bible times. Yeah, that's what the liars say. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that completely destroys that argument. Which brings us back. You're going to wonder, how am I going to make this this extreme right-hand turn? Which brings us back to sin. You're like, Tom, I thought you were done with sin. No, not done. Not done. I don't know if I'd shout for a sin message either. I would like it though. See, I gotta go to a church where I have butterflies in my belly. If you're comfortable, you're in the wrong place. If you're angry right now, you're in the right place. Even if you're angry at me, you're in the right place. At least you got some blood going. You got some blood pumping. Instead of being sedated in your church. I'm looking at you. I know who's interested and who's not. I can tell. I can tell who's mad and who's not. I can tell who's scooting up close, very close to the edge of their seat, hoping that there's gonna be a break. There isn't. That you're gonna be able to walk out without anybody noticing you. You will be able to in about an hour. Until then, everybody will notice. And I might say something to you, because here's the thing, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Weird weird things can go on in this building, as you have well seen. Weird things can go on in this building. You never know what could happen, because people are being confronted by the Word of God. See, there we go. There we go. They can't take it. Seriously, they cannot take, people cannot take the Bible. Why are you in church if you don't want the Bible? If, you are, if you're a worshiper of Jesus, if you're a worshiper, see what I mean? See, most people, they would consider that to be unloving. No, that's the perfect thing for them. They need to, that seed was planted. They don't ever, get, wherever they normally attend church, they don't receive the Bible. They don't receive the word of God. They need to remember the feeling that they had. You never know what's gonna go on in this building. Don't worry, we'll always keep it under control. They got the goon squad around here. We're all safe, everything's good. We have more guns in this place than the United States Army. We're good. I should have said we have more guns in here than the IRS, they're the ones that are arming themselves. So how do, you get, how do we bring this back to sin? Well, it's all about power, right? We're all Christians, right? Okay. I'll, note to self, altar call at the end. Don't want to miss that today. If we're all Christians, that, mean that, that means that we abide in this unequivocally. Whatever this says is our version of love. Whatever this says is our version of truth because it is the sole truth. Period. If you believe in Jesus and Jesus is the word, John chapter one, verse one. John chapter one, verse 14. First John five, seven. Jesus is the word, then this is Christianity. And nothing else. That's why people walk out the back door. Their whole life they've been taught that Christianity is man's version of love, accommodation, and niceness. So when they actually hear the Bible, they think I'm a false teacher. They think the Bible is false teaching. They think the Bible is conspiracy theory. Rodney Howard Brown had an altar call on Alex Jones' show on Friday. probably wonder why I brought that up because you're talking people conspiracy theory and whatever else. Listen, Alex Jones is right most of the time. It's not conspiracy theory. Why is it that Joe Rogan, a devout atheist, spotted the book of Revelation before any evangelical churches outside of us in the river in revival today? Why? Because in the church, the book of Revelation is it violates the tenets of their Christianity. For them, Jesus is not Christ-like. Making a whip of cords and driving them all out of the temple is not Christ-like, even though the Christ did it. Calling people by who they are is not Christ-like. Son of hell, whitewashed tomb. It's not Christ-like. But Jesus did it. See, it all starts with, if we are all Christians... Then it all starts with the Bible. It's on the video. For me, everything's the Bible prosperity, Bible, healing, Bible, sin, Bible, church, Bible, relationships, Bible, marriage, Bible, friendship, Bible, everything. Yoking, Bible. There is no other Jesus. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name. For your loving kindness and your truth, there's always both. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Most Christians are following a name of Jesus that they themselves have made up. They're not following the word. Well, I don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. That's not, but but understand you're not operating biblically. Everything you lay your hands to is supposed to prosper. Psalm chapter one, verse three. Jesus became poor so that you could become rich. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. Understand that you are operating in an unbiblical fashion if you believe that. And how are you gonna feed the poor if you're poor? Oh, I believe we should just give it all to the poor. You have nothing to give to the poor. Oh, that pastor, he's really rich. Yeah, but he's donating $5, 6000000 million a year to the poor. What are you doing? All you're doing is sitting back in erroneous judgment saying, he shouldn't be driving this or flying in that. He's the one feeding the poor that you're supposed to be feeding. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. You notice in the Bible it never tells you to not think too lowly of yourself? Thank you, Naz. doesn't say, you know what, don't think too lowly of yourself. No, it says don't think too highly of yourself. Because Christians, instead of actually becoming rich or raising money for the poor, it's way easier to sit back and say, I don't think you should be flying around in a private jet. You have no problem with anybody else doing it. The God who owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich, that you through his poverty might become rich, that you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Give it all away if you don't want it but you should be becoming rich. That's the will of God, and that's the word of God, which is the will of God. See, if we, had to, we came with that sort of power, they wouldn't mess with us. What just happened in Chicago? You had a bunch of doctors and nurses sue that hospital system and won $10 million through the Liberty Council. Why? Why did they win? Well, first of all, they had the truth on their side. Second of all, they had money. <laughs> Alex Jones obviously must be short of money because he had the worst attorney I've ever seen. They didn't there. He had, they had the Liberty Council, which is the greatest attorneys on the planet. You come with that, you know what? You come with that, they're not gonna come back at you anymore. They'll learn their lesson. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Pastor Rodney's been saying this since March of 2020. Don't touch the church. But the church needs to be intimidating. Not cowering in a corner in the name of love. Cowardice is not love. The cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. You can't restrain and comply at the same time. That's cowardice. So it all starts with faith. If we're going to come with power, it all starts with what you believe and how you believe it. It starts with that. It starts. Power starts with faith. It starts with belief. Understand those two words are interchangeable. What you believe and faith are the same thing. So unbelief is the opposite of faith. People all the time will say that you lack faith. You do not lack faith. You have a problem with unbelief. You are given the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse three. So anything that's not happening that you are calling out in the name of Jesus is, is unbelief. That's what Jesus said. Where do you get that from? Well, just the Bible. Yeah, but the Bible offends me. Then Jesus offends you. Your Jesus you allegedly love is not your God. You are. Even if you call yourself Christian. Yeah, but I, I'm just, you know, I'm really loving. Everybody just knows when I walk into a room that I love them. Where's that, was that a Bible verse? Yeah, all, all, all of those that are legislating for the slaughter of the unborn knows the church loves them. We love you guys, even though you're killing the unborn. We just love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. Yeah, you should love the people, but you should be telling them that they're murderers. If you left one out, you're, not pre- you're, you're living a life and you're preaching a gospel that's antithetical to Christianity. Where do you get this unbelief stuff from? I love preaching out of this. You mix Matthew chapter 17 and Mark chapter nine. Here we go. Jesus said to his own disciples. You wanna know who the Bible's the hardest on? It's not the reprobate sinner, it's you and me. Judgment begins at the... First Peter 4:17 You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. They couldn't drive out the demon in the boy. The father complained about it, which welcome to ministry. <laughs> I want to be a pastor. Are you sure? Should read our emails before you make that decision. (laughs) So they couldn't drive out the they couldn't drive the demon out of the boy. The demon was throwing him into the water, throwing him into the fire. The disciples could not take care of it. So Jesus said, You know what? How long am I going to be with you? How long should I put up with you? To his own 12. Mark 9 23. Jesus said to him, to the father, if you can believe, this is after he says, bring the boy to me. So he says to the father of the child, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe help my unbelief every single day. You should be praying this prayer Dispel as much unbelief out of me as you possibly can today, Lord, because that's my problem. Everything is unbelief. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, we're on Matthew 17, 19 through 21 now. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, well, whenever it starts with that four letter word, well, stop taking advice from that person go from the presence of a foolish man without when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge proverbs 14:7 all bible 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 because i'm a follower of jesus and jesus is the word he didn't say you tried real hard didn't tap him on the head didn't give him a consolation prize everybody's here everybody's a winner here's your participation trophy you tried didn't you you tried I appreciate your effort. None of of these words are anywhere except the modern church. I just want to invite everybody to come forward today and give Jesus a chance in your life. Start your, your faith experience, your fresh start, your faith journey, your new beginning. What does that mean? It should be, who's gonna come up today and turn from your sin and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? That's well, that's not gonna win people. Then my church will close. I would rather not pastor than lie Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. They said, why could we not cast them out? Because of your unbelief. So when you lay hands on someone and it doesn't work, it doesn't happen, look at me now. I know, listen, I know, this is more, most of you would rather have me preach about hellfire brimstone sin than this. Don't worry, a lot of that's coming in just a second. (laughs) There's a reason why we have unbelief, because we don't think about sin correctly. I'll show you that in a second. It's unbelief. So when it doesn't happen, you see, every time with me, you ask anybody, anybody who's close to me in this room. My mother-in-law's here, my wife's here, Aaron's one of my closest friends. You can ask them, what do I say whenever I don't get what I want? It's unbelief. I'm not out there praying for Ferraris. I'm not, I'm not against having a Ferrari. I'm just telling you I'm not out there praying for yachts and Ferraris and helicopters. I'm not against praying for those things if they're needed. But I am praying, I pray for people's healing and when it doesn't doesn't occur, this is where I go. Matthew 17, 19 through 21, where else would I go? Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where else am I going to go? For with you, Lord, are the words of truth. There's nowhere else to go except to make it up in my own mind. Then I'm not casting down imaginations. I'm living in them. If it doesn't work, then it's unbelief. Yours or theirs. If you're praying over yourself and it's not happening, it's you. Don't look around the room. Don't get mad at God. See, I've given you hope. Everybody else gives you ambiguity. Now well, you just never know what God may do. It's not a Bible verse. Why are you standing that? That's not a Bible verse. We'll all, you know, when we get to heaven, we'll all be healed. Where, where, I'm strange. I didn't see Jesus say that ever. Oh, you have an issue of blood. Don't worry. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. No, he didn't say that. He said, Your faith has healed you. According to your faith, will it be done to you. Man, this is hardcore. This is Christianity. This is what you will be judged by, is what I'm preaching to you right now, which is the Word of God. There is no other Christianity. If you are praying for the miraculous and it does not occur, understand that it's unbelief. We're not going to sit in that. I'm not going to tell you how not to solve it. I'm going to tell you how to solve it. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, if you have, I, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, "Move here to there," and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Didn't say it might move. If it's the will of God, it will move. If you say it will move, it will move. Well, I've tried, Tom. Well, they tried too. Did the disciples give up after they failed? Did they did they recreate their own theology? Making the word of God of none effect like the Pharisees and Sadducees? They didn't recreate it and say, well, you know what? Sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And we never know what he's going to do. What kind of hope is that? Even James chapter 1 verse 6, you have to ask in faith with no doubting, then how in the world do you stand in faith for a God who might or might not? With no doubting. Yeah, but I try. Listen, some of you in here. You've lost loved ones. I have too. I told you that last week. I prayed over my dad. Stage four lung cancer. He was healed. Now, it all came back because he sat under unbelief for a year. It all came back. And some of you, you've lost loved ones. Some of you have lived through tragedy that I wouldn't even comprehend. Even as a law enforcement officer, I wouldn't comprehend your tragedies that you've been through. I know people in this room that have been through unfathomable tragedy. To me, unfathomable to me, we have people that have fought in wars in this room. And I, who dwelt for 25 years in the septic side of life, still can't understand the sadness and the tragedy that they've been through. I understand that. But you need to, listen, no matter what, your feelings, your experience does not trump the word of God. Understand, God wanted everybody healed in that situation. Outside of God-ordained martyrdom, God wants everybody to live. God wants everybody healed. And if they are not, it was because of unbelief. doesn't mean they're not in heaven. See how sweet I am? say that we're going to hell because they didn't have a level of unbelief for the miraculous. I've lost many a battle praying for people to be healed. I've also seen many a victory praying for people to be healed. But what I want to get to is a 100% batting average. But if you notice... I won't do not. It's First Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-two says, "Do not lay hands on anyone hastily." If you're not going to believe, I ain't praying for you. <gasps> what am I praying for? What am I, a priest? Be blessed. Let me throw. Some, I'll grab some of my half-drank, spit-filled water and spray it on you. Here. What good does that do? You come in with a definitive cause and you make it happen. If it doesn't happen, it's unbelief. That's what Jesus said. However, this kind, verse 21, goeth not out by prayer and fasting. That tells you the answer. You have to cast down your unbelief through fasting and prayer. That's what it's all about. The the most rudimentary form of unbelief is what? Sin. Sin. What is sin, Tom? I've never heard that term before. That's because your church doesn't preach the Bible. Well, we're grace conscious. We're not sin sin conscious. That's not the Bible. The Bible's very sin conscious. That teaches people to ignore sin. We're not sin conscious. Just ignore your sin. It's just like leaving somebody in a burning house. You know, just find a way to be happy in there. Put your earphones in. Maybe the cable's still working until it burns up, but, you know, enjoy yourself. I don't want you to be flame conscious in your burning house. Be non-flame conscious. Be be conscious of the good things around you. I know it's a little hot, but be conscious of the good things around you. So the most rudimentary form of unbelief is sin. Do we think of sin correctly? I will tell you this. Most parents, look, how many people are parents of kids that are still in your home? Shout amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to teach you something. If you want to lose them, if you don't want them to be Christians, you soft pedal what you say about sin. Let them date an unbeliever because you're not going to abide in the word of God. You know, I, I just don't want to breed rebellion. What? Okay, let's break that down. What breeds rebellion? The word of God or not obeying the word of God? So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the lord he also has rejected you from being king first samuel chapter 15 22 and 23 right so what breeds rebellion soft peddling sin or speaking the truth about sin saul was soft peddling his sin so when your kid lies what do you do liar i did well, no, Tom, that's because you're a nut. I'm not really a nut. Despite <laughs> what you may read on the internet, I'm really not a nut. I just say what something is or is not. I remember one time I really hurt Norma's feelings when she was little. She was playing the piano, it wasn't playing, she was just smashing keys. She was like four. And everybody around the room said, Oh, it's, and Hope was mad at me too. So is everybody in the room. Is everyone, everyone's going, oh, that sounds so good. I'm like, it sounds like crap. It sounds horrible. It's actually annoying. Clink, clank, 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 clink. It's terrible. I'm not going to tell you you sound good. You know what? Start learning how to play. By me telling her that sounds good, I just enable her to play nothing. And now if she was... 21 years old and doing the same, which is symbolic of the modern church. We'd be like, oh man, that person's a lunatic. You, you, you planted that seed when they were four by saying that they sounded good when they didn't. If you want to just ignore it, fine, but everyone, oh, that sounds so good. It doesn't sound good. It's horrible. <laughs> Tom, you're mean. I could never do that to my kid. Well, you know what? Norma's saved. Norma's never been on a date. She's 21 years old. How's your kid doing? The one that you accommodated and tolerated and obfuscated the truth with and soft-pedaled sin. I know you're struggling with lying right now. No, you don't say that. You bust out Revelation 21.8. That's what I did. When my kids lied about pooping in their pants, I told them that. You liar, you're not going to see your mother in heaven. You're going to die and go straight to hell. Oh, that's so mean. How's your kid doing? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Teach your kid, Matthew 10, 28. Now, or you'll lose them Because you're not preaching to them Christianity. Tom, that's so unloving. So the Bible's unloving to you. All I did was tell them what's in the Bible. Well, they were too young to hear it. Who told you that? If the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is somebody who approaches Jesus like a child, and I preach to them Jesus, how am I wrong and you're right? You're welcome. Just trying to help you. Look him in the face. Well, you, you know, if I tell him who to date, it'll breed rebellion. No, what breeds rebellion is you not telling him who to date. Some of you do this too. Well, I, you know, I, I think he's a Christian. Okay, he's not. <laughs> stop trying, stop, stop buying in to the Antichrist spirit. What do I mean by that? I'm off topic now, of course. Off-topic is calling things that are not as though they were. It, that's antichrist spirit. Oh, that sounds great on the piano. Oh, that's a guy. That's a girl swimming with guys. I mean, that's a, that's a guy. That's a girl swimming with other girls when you know it's a guy. Calling things that are not. The very things that your eyes see, you just go ahead and say aren't there. That's the opposite of doing what's right. Right? It's not correct to ever lie. So when the, if you, if the guy comes in and you can't determine whether he's a Christian or not, and you call him something that you know is not there, you might as well get on board with the transgender agenda. I'm gonna call men women and women men. I'm gonna call uh, Christians non-Christians and non-Christians Christians. Well, how, how would you know? Well, why are you not interrogating the guy? Well, my daughter would get mad at me. Who pays her bills? Her or you? There ain't no dating going on in my house unless I approve it. Well go live somewhere else. Good luck with that right now. Now I've really got them. You want to move out on your own now? You beat about 20 grand. Good luck with that. You come back to Big Daddy. I don't like your friends. They're not going to be your friends. Your car is mine. Everything in the lively house is a giant funnel that comes back to me. <laughs> Everything. Norma's job is at the church. Me. My wife's job's at the church. Me. My son's car is my truck. Me. My daughter's car is the car I bought for her, mine. Your room, mine. Your clothes, mine. You don't, you don't like it, fine. Move out, find your 20 grand. By the way, you're gonna move out with no clothes, no car, no food, and no money. Because it all belongs to me. And a lot of you guys think that that's mean, but that, listen, that's who God is. That's how God actually should be. You should be an imitator of your heavenly father. Be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever man sows. That shall he also reap. You want to rebel, then enjoy it. A lot of you lost your kids because you didn't do that. Now you need to get them back. It's not over. Are they breathing? Are they breathing? Then get them back. Do we think of sin Correctly. Do we think of sin like Jesus, which would make us think of sin correctly? The wrong belief about sin will hold you back. If you don't think about sin correctly, then you don't think about healing correctly. You don't think about prosperity correctly. You don't think about victory correctly because you don't have the mind of Christ. Listen, God hates sin Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Do you hate it? You gotta hate it. The reason why a lot of Christians don't get healed is because they don't hate the disease. You gotta hate it. Some people like, they like the attention. It's Munchausen syndrome by proxy for yourself. I walk in the room, I walk in the room, the essence of pathetic comes in. I love it. People just wanna help me. You should hate it. Anything, last last week I started to get this little scratchiness in my throat, and man, that didn't last a second. I'm like, oh, you know, good. Now now I get to go to bed drunk on NyQuil. Um, I can go to my wife for some sympathy, and she can put a, a cool cloth on my head. I'm the worst patient on the planet. Horrible. I want to be alone, left alone. Here's the thing: I just started praying. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm fine. Everybody else is sick. I'm fine. It's not, it's not bravado. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you ever wonder why? Now look up at me now. Now you need to be honest with yourself. Am I not honest with you? Then you need to be honest with yourself. I've told you this many times. I'm 53 years old. I'll be 54 in a month. I've wasted most of my Christianity. Most of it. I really consider myself to have come into my own in, in the last two years. Okay, I was pastoring, I've been pastoring for 17. So I can come to terms with saying, for all intents and purposes, yet my wife will fix this after and come up to me and tell me it wasn't all a waste. And you know, for me, the first 15 years of pastoring were a waste of life. I was not in the ministry, I was in the misery. So if I can say that, and, I've said, and I got saved when I was 18 years old, none of it, none, at no time was I going to hell. I was just wasting my Christianity. Oh, Lord, bless this. Lord, give me a promotion here. And, we should, and don't get me wrong, I believe in praying for promotion and doing all those things, but for the right reasons. It was all self-centeredness. And not in a self-aggrandizing, self-glorifying way. It was just in an impulsive way. And if I can say that I've wasted a big chunks of my life, and in these last days, these beginnings of sorrows, where God is speeding up time, where you can make up for it all, won't you come to terms with it yourself? That I've wasted swaths of my life. A lot of times the reason why we have is because we never approached The rudimentary cause of unbelief correctly, which is sin. You call sin, sin. Not struggling, not a failure, that's not Bible verses. It's called sin in the Bible. Look at at Matthew chapter uh, chapter seven, verse 24 through 27. Jesus said, and I'm, I'm focusing on this. Have you ever wondered why? Now, some of you don't care. You should, but you don't. You're like, what did I walk into? I know. This is hard. How many of you have survived this church more than two weeks? Shout amen. 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 So you're above, way beyond. Most people did what those ladies did, a minute, those young ladies did a minute ago. They're going to go to a church next Sunday. When they walk in, they'll have people with masks on saying, you're home. And no longer a slave to fear. So they won't have to look at themselves in the face and call themselves what they are. Nobody will confront them. I look at myself, listen. I'd be lying if I told you that I'm not a fan of me. I am. I am. I like me. I do, I'm not, not, you know, Stuart Smalley level. I like me, but I, listen, I do. But the thing is, I look at myself honestly. Fail, pass, that's it. Fail, pass. That's it. you got to do the same or you're not operating in faith. That's not the faith I learned. But your faith is not the Bible. Therefore, it's a Pharisaic, Pharisaic cultism. That's what was going on with the Pharisees. That's why Jesus called them out. They'd added on one stipulation after another onto the law. It made it impossible to follow. Can't heal on the Sabbath. So if you ever wonder... Why it is, now look at me now. Why is there no big ministry in your life? Either that you're a part of or that you're running. Why? Don't you ask? Listen, if you want to call this big, what we have right now, which I consider it to be big. That just happened two years ago. What was I doing for the prior 16 years? I told you this. I'm not gonna tell you this whole story. I'm just telling you that the path out is the opposite of what you're doing right now. That's what I had to do. The exact opposite. You struggle with your feelings, thoughts, and emotions, do the opposite of what they're telling you. That's what I do. I'm not Mr. Sunshine. Oh, I'm shocked, Tom. You seem like such a positive guy. I'm inherently negative and speak positive. And that makes me, over the years, more and more and more biblical, i.e. positive. Because I've subjugated, put those negative thoughts, feelings and emotions under the thumb of the Word of God, taking thought every ca- taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So why ask yourself, well, Tom, you talk about this all the time. Because I look at you differently than you look at you. You look at yourself as church attender. I look at you as the body of Christ. I look at you as miracle worker, healer, feeder of the poor, problem solver, soul winner. Why is nobody getting saved around you? Is Eddie Cruising here? Eddie, wave at me. Stand up so everyone can see you real quick. I'm gonna bring him up on stage next week to talk about this. Thank you, brother. I just want you to see who it is. Eddie, Eddie wanted to win souls. What did he do? Came up to me and said, Hey Tom, I want to start a soul winning ministry. How many souls did you win yesterday? 40 souls yesterday at Coco Plum Plaza. Why is that not happening for you? Because you're not doing the opposite of what you're doing right now. Jesus said, Matthew seven twenty four through 27, there, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I shall liken them unto a wise man who built this house upon a rock. Whoever hears these teachings of mine, this word of mine, and actually puts it into practice, I will liken him unto a wise person who built this house on a solid foundation. The reason why things are not happening for you the way that you want them to, and you're like, Tom, I don't really care. You know, I got my juice boxes, fruit roll-ups, minivan, soccer practices, Americana, got it, you know. That's gonna be empty soon. So you know, that's why most people get divorced. They get all that they thought that they wanted, found out that it was empty, so they gotta go find something new. And then they redo that same life over again with the new person. They go find themselves a new spouse and create the exact same fruit roll-up life that they had before. Seriously. That same minivan. Kids are a little different looking. (laughs) Kind of look half the same as the other ones, but you know. Brand new life. You go right back to the usual doldrum monotony of it all. It's empty. Listen, I I love my kids. And I love America. But they're not my idols. For with thee is the fountain of life. There's no life anywhere else. Everything else is living off a corpse. Calves can suckle off a dead cow for a period of time. Don't let that be you. If you're wondering why things aren't taking off for you, it's because you have not built your house upon a rock. There's lots of Christians. You need to pay close attention. How How many Christians in here have a ministry? Think about it. I know what, now, here's the thing. Now, why isn't it, look at me now, why isn't it taking off like a rocket? I just told you that I wasted 16 years. That's not counting when, uh, when I was a youth pastor. I actually did well there. So I can say it. So if you're in ministry and, and you still say things like, you know what, you know, we're, We're just trying, really trying to get started. Yeah, you said that 21 years ago. Where is it? Well, God keeps moving us from this place to the next. You sure it's God moving you or you moving you? There's, are are you following the voice of the Spirit or the voice of greener pastures? And the ministry never takes off. But alleged, you're a prophet or an apostle. Are you sure that your ministry is built upon a rock? Next verse, Matthew 7, 25 through 27. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. It's most people's ministries because they're not founded upon a rock. The rains descend and you crumple. Amen, I'll amen myself. I'll amen myself, I'm enthralled by the message. This is is moving me. I've been here. To some extent, I'm still here. I'm not where I want to be in pastoral ministry. This church is not where I want it to be. It's been prophesied by Jonathan Shuttlesworth that this church will be a church of a minimum of 4,000 people. We need all of this land around us that's trying to be bought by other people. We need all that land. We need to come up, we've already put, about $1.4 million into this building. We have a long ways to go. But the way that you actually succeed in ministry is to build your house, your ministry, upon the rock of the word of God, to believe correctly. Or you will build it upon the sand. And the rains descend, COVID, and all these churches are closing because they weren't built upon the rock. They come to you with a 99.9% survival virus and tell you to close. What do you say? I believe that you're impinging upon my freedom. And it is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Whatever I bind is bound. Whatever I loose is loose. You answer with the word of God. They didn't do that. So their house has fallen. There's lots and lots of ministries in trouble. What's the correct way? Look at sin now. You've heard me use these verses several times. That's dog, how'd it get to be 11.59 already? It's Aaron's fault, long worship service. Yeah. So I blame, I blame Will and Aaron for me not getting through my slides on the podcast too. Somebody just keeps talking. I don't know who it is. What do you think about sin? Remember something, there's sin and there's everything else. If you're wrong, you're not sinning. If you're lying, you are. If you're moody, you're not sinning. If you're stupid, you're not sinning. If you're murdering, you are. You can be, but understand that there's fruit in everything. If you're stupid, you're going to reap. Stupid. Whatever you plant in the ground is coming up. you live a long, stupid life. <laughs> and all the Christians think that the will of God's just naturally unfolding. The, wo- the will of God does not naturally unfold. The will of God unfolds as you implement the word of God, and you address every situation with the word of God. Then the will of, then the will of God unfolds. Otherwise, it's just life. A lot of Christians think everything that happens to them, they all believe everything happens for a reason. That's not a Bible verse. It Takes a Village is right next to that one. <laughs> mom ain't happy, the whole house is happy. Isn't happy, the whole, the, the, that verse is right next to those two. None of them are Bible verses. I've heard them preach from the pulpit. Everything happens for a reason. Remember, I had a pastor years ago. He always preached that because he was scared of his wife. You know, if mom ain't happy, the whole house ain't happy. I'm happy no matter what mom doing. I don't care. <laughs> If you don't want to be happy, that's fine. She's always happier than me anyway. I'm just saying, if it wasn't, I don't care. Don't be happy. What am I going to do? Walk around the house like this? Is, is there anything that, that I can do for you, dear? I, make you happy? Oh, like, shove it. I don't care. <laughs> You want to be the Wicked Witch of the West today? Then be the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> it goes either way, too. I've told you this many times. Most of the problems in my house have been caused by me. It's not my wife. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, it, it doesn't matter. People should have no effect on you. None. I just can't stand when things are not biblical and they're preached from the pulpit. Hebrews 3, 18 and, three eighteen and 19. To whom did he swear? If God is swearing something, should we pay attention to it? Yes. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. It doesn't say to those who did not love, to those who did not accommodate, to those who did not tolerate, to those who weren't nice. Most Christians think today, That you will receive the mark of the beast for accommodating and tolerating. You will receive the mark of the beast for accommodating and tolerating. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So what's the rudimentary cause of the lack of the miraculous? Unbelief aimed at sin. Because it all starts right there. It's the foundation of Christianity. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, 1 Timothy 1.15. How you feel about sin is your launching pad. Or you will not approach anything correctly. And a lot of us should be sitting right now in the stark reality of where our life is in comparison to where it should be. And it's because we did not approach sin correctly. And you, can, and you can layer that down. Do you approach compromise correctly? Laying in bed, having a mental health day. Can't go to church today. I'm just not, I'm just not up to it today. You will never raise the dead Cause you don't approach compromise correctly. It's hardcore. Good. Good. You gotta hate it. You gotta hate that you're moody. Right. Not call yourself Italian. That's <laughs> <laughs> how my old family was. It's our heritage, you know, we're all just a we you know. I'll finish with this. I'm going to launch into James chapter 2, and then we're going to finish. 12.04. Everybody with me? We're not even two hours in as we started at 10.05. So we're only an hour and 59 minutes in. You guys look interested, though, today. You really do. And I want you to know something, too, before I go on, before I batter you for another couple of minutes, and myself, this all applies to me, too. Just understand that I love you guys. I really do. And I appreciate you showing up. You want to know what matters to pastors? People always think it's money. Ain't got nothing to do with money. Not for me. Maybe other pastors, I don't have no idea. It has to do with attendance. People always, hey, can I do this? Yeah, show up every Sunday for a period of time and we'll talk about it. Pastors love attendance. And I will tell you this. I appreciate every single person in this room even if you hate me right now here's the thing you may hate me right now and I get it that's fine but at least on this Sunday you helped me out because you filled one of these purple chairs thank you I really do it's no fun preaching with nobody here I always whine and complain about the podcast because Facebook is always manipulating our numbers. It's hard because I know there's a lot more people watching. Aaron has it tabulated by, by the numbers they give us. We have between average between four and 600 people watching live for the podcast, but who knows what we really have. It's tough, it's tough to deal with it, but I just want you to know that I don't take it for granted at all. You know, if you could speak to my wife, which you can, she'll be standing out there with me at the end of the service. But I talk about, attendance all the time it matters it matters and i appreciate you being willing to take the bible because most people can't if you can survive this church you are the exception if you if you stay in this church for more than a month or two you will never go back to the old you won't be able you won't like it you won't like it i only go to churches that make me nervous i won't go anywhere else I go to the river church. I'm sitting there. Pastor Rodney will come up to me and just stare at me. Seriously. Like right in my face. I just keep on, Because he wants me to be free. He's not going to let me not be free. I feel the same way about all of you. He pastors me, I pastor you. Tom, you talk so much about Rodney Howard Brown, you talk so much about Jonathan Shuttlesworth, that's who I listen to. I don't listen to churches that closed. And since that was 99.9% of churches, the same as the survival rate for COVID, I don't listen. You're like, man, no, listen, here's the thing. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Listen, if if you're not gonna, all the churches that closed, if they've never come out and said they were wrong, I don't listen to them. If they did, I will. That means you're standing in the word of God. Finishing out of James chapter two. A person will say, well, I'm a person of faith, Though I'm living in sin. Now I want you to understand something. There is no such thing. Look at me now. Even if it's your son. Well he knows Jesus but right now he's living in sin. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. Faith and works are not separate. Faith and obedience are not separate. I just read you the verse. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not believe. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Their lack of obedience is unbelief. Therefore you have not entered into a faith covenant or you've walked out of it. Where do you get this from? It's all the word of God. Everyone thinks faith and works or faith and obedience are separate. They are not. They are interwoven. One cannot exist without the other. That would be like saying, I'm a person of internal organs, but I don't believe in my skin. (laughs) If I didn't believe in my skin, all of my internal organs would not be internal. Internal. They'd be external and I'd be dead. And that's what it says about faith and works. Without without works, your faith is dead. dead. It's not, it's not, it could be dead. Or I'm working towards being dead. If you have interwoven sin into your faith, your faith is dead. Let me show you. James chapter 2, verse 18. That someone will say, You have faith and I have works. I will show you my faith by my works. So, how are they different? People make them different just out of thin air. Again, that's a demonic spirit, that's the Antichrist spirit. Climate change. Where? The polar ice caps. Will be non existent by 2014. They're bigger now than they've ever been. When Al Gore started his ministry, this is what it is 40 years ago, there was only 108,000 polar bears left. And 40 years later, there's only 108,000 polar bears still in existence. That's the truth. Seen the pictures of Plymouth Rock? It doesn't matter what the tides are. That's what the liars say. Any tide you want, it's exactly the same as it was in the 1800s. They just pull something out of thin air that makes no sense. Well, you know, I'm a person of faith, but you know, I'm just struggling with sin right now. You're not a person of faith because faith without works is non-existent. Good. Hey, listen. You're like, no, I believe differently. What are your Bible verses? See, the problem is, is you say I believe and I say it is written. James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? That right there would be considered blasphemy in most churches. That you you're saying that? That you can't just be saved by faith without obedience? Obedience is faith. I just read you the verses. Those who did not, be, did not obey could not enter in because of unbelief. So disobedience is unbelief, removing you from the faith covenant. James 2, 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Finishing with this. What you hear preach, it's hard for me actually to put it into words because... It's really pulled out of thin air. You know, we're just living, you know, we live by grace. There is no grace without repentance. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. That was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals, whose condemnation was written about long ago, have secretly crept in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only Sovereign and Lord. Titus two eleven and twelve and Jude three and four. People separate things that are not separate, not 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 able to be separated works is faith faith is works if you live a i'm not talking about that you struggle with sin you're in and get it right you sin you get it right you're struggling with sin you're not going to hell if you just said you know what i'm a person of faith but i'm gonna watch pornography straight to hell i don't care how much you pray i don't care how much you fast You say, you know what, I'm a person of faith, but every year I cheat in my taxes and I boldface lie. Straight to hell. You can be a person that, well, you know, I just trust in the grace of God when it comes to that. That's not what the Bible says. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye, therefore, partakers with them. Ephesians 5, 5 through 7. Be not ye, therefore, partakers with them. Please understand, this is what you do. If you want the miraculous, you launch with this hot and cold, yes and no version of sin. Then you'll see the miraculous because then you're operating. Let me, let me just finish with this because this is where we'll launch next week. Do you have faith in Jesus? This is a question. Do you have faith in Jesus or do you have the faith of Jesus? Which one is it? That's a question. I'll try over here. <laughs> do you have faith in Jesus or do you possess the faith of Jesus? Of. So if you're going to do things like Jesus did, then you have to operate in the faith that you are of. You have his faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. You have his gift of faith. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, not in Christ, of Christ. You operate in the obedience of Christ, not in Christ. All the words get changed, all the words to songs, the of's get changed to in's. And that takes away, it's on purpose, it takes away the power of the Christian. Amen? Amen. All right, that's it. I'm done. That's it. Now listen, before we go today. Oh, thank you guys for actually thanking. I appreciate it. Thank you for overcoming your leadership. I used to hear that from a football coach. Thank you for overcoming your coaching. You know, I want to ask you this morning, who needs to be touched by God? Uh, There you go, some boldness. Let me come down there with you for a minute. Who needs a long walk down here? (laughs) Somehow, I've got to find a way to access you down the middle. I'm going to meet you here anyway in a minute. Aaron, you can play a little bit. Keep it quiet for me if you could. Just play it perfectly. Thank you. (laughs) Not too loud, not too soft. Perfect. I don't want to leave you. I don't want you to walk out those back doors without an answer. The power of God is the answer for you. I'm looking, I'm looking at faces right now because I'm looking to see who needs to be touched by God because I can tell if I see it in your face. You sense his presence? He wants to touch your life right now. He wants to touch you. It's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, like a hammer that breaks, breaks the rock in pieces. One touch by God is worth 10 trillion of my messages one second in his presence do you need to be delivered from sin do you need to be delivered from sickness illness or disease is that you every head bowed every eye closed if you need Jesus this morning for the forgiveness of your sin right where you're at just simply raise your hand right where you're at right now there you go oh man beautiful beautiful Every person in the building, if you want the forgiveness of God, you put your hands down. I love you guys. I'm talking about there's 100 people just raised their hand. 100 people just raised their hand. Those of you that lifted your hands, pray this prayer out loud with all of us. We're praying it with you. You pray it directly to the almighty God. His name is Yahweh in the name of Jesus Christ. And your sins, they are washed away and they are forgiven. Pray this prayer out loud, everybody. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.